Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit Get Fit of the video version if you're watching and the audio version if you're just listening to your podcast player, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, I'm excited today because we're gonna go through another series of you know the three exercises that will fix your wrist issues. So I started getting a lot of different messages through Instagram and Facebook of hey, this hurts, what should I do? Or I don't have enough range of motion in this specific joint and when I do this exercise, it sucks. And you know, I think a lot of people when they actually kind of evaluate where they're at when it comes to exercise, almost every single person will probably have at least one thing that's kind of almost preventing them from progressing. So. You know, if a joint doesn't move the way it should, then it's going to have huge effects on a certain exercise and different body parts. So I think, you know, in the next upcoming videos, I'm going to do as much as possible to kind of explain this concept of like, okay, your shoulder doesn't move this way. So these exercises tend to, you know, give a little bit of trouble in the gym or they'll create some sort of kind of compensation pattern or I'll just make things worse. Um, so today we're gonna look at the topic of the wrist because I find that a wrist joint itself, it moves in so many different directions and we probably use our wrists maybe 10% of its capacity because we're here all day on our laptops and computers or here on our phones texting, emailing, and doing that whole thing. So that being said, um, we're gonna look at what the wrist is used for in the, kind of an exercise um, realm. And if you really think about it, if you start kind of doing an audit of exercises that you do that involve your wrist, it's almost all of them. So number one is having enough um, extension in your wrist, meaning going down this way. So if I am in a push-up position, I'm putting my uh, wrist into extension. <laughs> Man, that is the first time I had a sneeze on my podcast, so I apologize. Um, so yeah, push-ups, think of mountain climbers, burpees, and then this is, this is the thing. I do so much like posts on how <laughs> terrible burpees are. So imagine all of us who sit at a desk all day that use our wrists like this or this and nothing outside those ranges and then you go to the gym without a properly designed warm-up and then you throw your whole body weight into the floor onto your wrists and then you wonder why you have wrist pain, elbow pain, shoulder pain and it kind of just goes from there. So um, wrists are very, very overlooked and if you think about you know, even you gripping, it requires some of this stuff to be functioning the way it should. And when there isn't enough extension, it'll end up um, having kind of like a referred uh, pain pattern down into the elbow. So a lot of times where, because on my last video, we were talking about, um, what was it last video? I can't remember, two videos ago about elbow pain and how it's usually the shoulder that's causing it due to a lack of range of motion. But you can also go the other way where if this wrist doesn't move the way it should, the elbow again is going to take a lot of um, kind of stress and 
uh, a beating. And this also is huge when it comes to, what's you call it, um, golfers. And when I used to do the TPI assessment, a lot of golfers I used to train, I would also check um, wrist range of motion. And like a simple one is just doing like pronation and um, supination, seeing how far they can go. And that also relates to how well that wrist moves along with all the musculature that kind of connects. So the big thing too, when I see people dealing with like a specific joint and they kind of just look at all the stuff around it, like you got to remember our bodies move as one unit and it influences more things than you really think about. So if I am in a push-up position, yeah, my wrists are involved in that position, but there's also all this stuff that comes down through here that are all connected. And then all this stuff that surrounds the elbow also goes into up into the arm to the shoulder. So it's kind of like you need to focus on your body kind of like a waterfall, right? If the top of the waterfall is super, super powerful and then as it kind of goes down, it kind of filters out and becomes calm, there's probably some sort of giant rock or log that's preventing that flow of the waterfall and it's kind of the same concept with um your body if there's not like if there's a blockage say at your elbow then the rest is not gonna kind of flow the way it should um so that being said the way to kind of combat shitty wrists is doing specific mobility for it and i think i'm i might have mentioned this on previous episodes but um i remember when i took my frc course four years ago um, the first thing I realized is that my left wrist had less extension than my right. And I always like started thinking about, okay, well, have I ever had like pain on this? And this is the other thing too. A lot of people will deal with pain and not be like aware of it. So for myself personally, I always had this thing with my left hand that when I went into a push-up position and I didn't warm up um, enough in my workouts, I would get pain in this like left finger going down. Like it almost felt like nervy kind of like pulling and it just never felt right. And then when I got that, the rest of my workout, like even gripping a barbell or dumbbell didn't feel good. When I used to do the Olympic lift and I would get into a snatch position at the top and holding the barbell, like having my wrist with that much weight, it just didn't feel good. I had the same thing. And I probably had that for like four years. And it only took me until the um, FRC uh, course in order for me to be like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't go as far as it should. And that prevented, like that took so long for me to like address it and then try to fix it. So people will go through a lot of painful patterns and painful experiences in the gym without doing anything about it. So the big thing today is we're gonna go over probably several exercises where um, you should be doing on a daily basis or at least part of your warm-up to ensure that your wrists are moving the way they should. So the first thing we're gonna do, I'm actually gonna bring this down because there's a couple variations for this. So the first thing what I like to do with clients and what I did myself is wrist cars. So to do wrist cars, there's a couple ways. I'm gonna show you the most uh, common way that 
I teach it in my um, kin stretch class and one way to ensure that you're not cheating. So I'm gonna go into a 45 degree angle. So all the people listening, this is going to get um, into some great detail of how to do these exercises. So highly recommend you watch this at one point, but wrist cars. So I'm gonna have my elbows against my rib cage. My fingers are gonna be glued together. So what we're going to do is push our hands down as far as possible. From here, I'm gonna go in as close as possible, up towards the ceiling, and then out to the right. So we're drawing these big, 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 big circles with our wrists, nice and slow. And then same thing, you'd wanna go into the reverse um, direction. So the big thing that I see when people do this is as they're going through their motion, usually as they come down and into this position, when they don't have enough movement through the wrist here, what ends up happening is their elbows come off their rib cage to mimic that motion. And then they do this weird thing where their forearms start rotating and then they come back. So they do this weird compensation pattern, like that, like it's so weird. And I always tell people like, think of your forearm always being up towards the ceiling. This forearm does not move as you go through. One way of doing it to make sure that you're only moving at your wrist is taking your two fingers and clasping down onto your actual joint of your wrist. And then you will feel if your forearm moves. So in this case, if I'm holding and I'm coming down and I get to that position where I'm like, oh, I don't have enough range, you will feel your whole forearm. Like you can literally see my forearm move. So I'm not actually moving through my wrist. So if I actually clamp it down and then go through my range without moving, I'm moving just my wrist here. Another way that I found works really, really well is utilizing a yoga block. And I find that this is probably the best way. Let's see if I can just tilt this down a little bit. And if I screw up, I apologize my little stand can only go that low. So what we're going to do in a kneeling position, I'm going to place both forearms onto it. So this gives me that feedback of something. And if I cheat, I'll literally feel that roll. So I always tell people in my kin stretch class is to push down into the block. And then this time we're going to have fists because if I go straight, I'm going to end up hitting my hands. So I'm from here, I'm back up a little bit. I'm going to go into my forearms, I'm going into fists, and then I'm going down and drawing those big circles. And right away, when I start doing this, I feel a lot more. I feel a lot more activation through all those small little intrinsic muscles that kind of connect into the hands. And now I'm eliminating any kind of rotation through my forearms, right? So really, really specific um, shoulder, not shoulder, um, wrist cars that work really, really well. So now imagine if you were a person with like carpal tunnel or any kind of wrist issue, now that you're moving your wrists through all the ranges that it's designed to do, then you're kind of layering more you know, lotion for motion, as I say, or creating more um, integrity through the joint because now you're surrounding the entire joint with synovial fluid. 
and nutrients to the joint to make it a little bit healthier. And like, just like I say with everything else, like if you don't use it, you end up losing it, right? Um, the next thing is to add in some sort of pails and rails component. So if you remember from watching my other videos, we do um, pails and rails to influence kind of tissue change and kind of lay down the direction of where you want more range of motion. So in this case, we are looking for more extension because most of us do wrist stuff here. We don't really go into these positions at all unless we're trying to like piss off our nerves that kind of run down through here. So ideally what we would do is take either wrist, like you can go at the same time into um, extension. So in this position, I would be holding for about two minutes. At the top of the two minutes, I'm gonna move a little bit further so you can see my fingertips. I'm gonna take these fingers here and push down into the floor as hard as possible. You're gonna feel a lot of stress and stretch through this part of the forearm. And then after 10 seconds of me pushing down into the floor, I'm gonna notice I'll be able to go a little bit further. From this position, I'm gonna to try to drive these fingers up off the floor without leaning this way. Because the more I lean forward, yeah, no problem, I can get these off. But if I have myself in my end range and then try to lift up, now I'm working the joint itself back here as much as possible. So I'm not kind of lifting, I'm lifting, I'm lifting, I'm lifting for 10 seconds. So now we have a pails and rails contraction. And a lot of times when I get into these positions, usually the wrist and ankle are kind of the same. I like just to move it a little bit and just get blood flow back to it. The other thing that I wanna do as well, because the wrist is influenced a lot by the elbow, is also throw in things like elbow cars. And if you watched my previous videos on the shoulder, and I think even with the elbow too, like we've covered elbow cars quite a bit, so I'm not gonna get into that. The other thing that I would wanna put in here as well is some sort of soft tissue work. So again, you're not gonna like throw your body onto a foam roller. You're gonna use a um, massage ball or lacrosse ball, whatever you have against a wall. So I'm gonna try to set up the camera where I can show you how that's going to look. So a lot of times when it comes to any kind of pain or um, kind of stiff area, one of the things that you should always do is some soft tissue work. So, you know, we roll a lot through, um, you know, our upper body. Oh, now my dog's barking. Misty, it's okay. So I apologize for the barking. Um, that being said, we foam roll our upper body, our lower body, but when it comes to those small little bits through here, it's kind of hard to throw that onto a foam roller. So what we'll do is utilize these little massage balls. Um, again, lacrosse ball, tennis ball works really, really well. Uh, I just find that these massage balls or lacrosse ball itself has a material that kind of sticks to your skin a little bit better. And if you had clothing, will slide a little bit better. So with the wall, placing the ball kind of in this fleshy part. So again, with my tattoos, you can't really see, but if you flex like a bicep shot, this guy will pop out. So if I press here and relax, like you'll see that kind of push off. So 
you got one big muscle here, more muscles that kind of connect through here. So all this fleshy stuff is where you want to roll on. So if I have the ball against the wall here, and all I'm gonna do, I take my left hand as my right arm, clasp it, and I'm just rolling back and forth against the wall. I'm gonna see if I can get a better view of that through here. Here it is. This is rolling back and forth through here. I can also throw in like going into a bit of flexion and then rolling. So I can now tense up this stuff and I can release it. I can also rotate a little bit in both ways, supination and pronation to get different points of it. And then on the inside, same idea. You can lean the ball, get in and roll back and forth. All of it is kind of just getting the right angle for the stuff. And a lot of times when it comes to rolling, there's no like art to it, as I say. There's just, you know, you find the area and you just do your thing. Um, really for wrists, it comes down to gaining more range of motion and then you can start adding things like grip training. Um, I find a lot of times depending on the individual wrist can usually flare up if you're doing too much grip work because again like it's a pretty sensitive structure there's I believe 26 or 27 bones in there that all are connected with ligaments and fascia and connective tissue and stuff like that so sometimes overdoing um, grip stuff can actually inflame it so my first kind of approach is like the soft tissue work on a daily basis wrist cars like crazy um the pails and rails to add more wrist extension and then adding kind of that next phase of um doing carries and with carries when you get to that point there's so many different variations the easiest one is just doing a simple farmer carry where you have two kettlebells by your side i tend to use um, kettlebells more than dumbbells um, if you have access to them, only because it just sits a little bit better on the side of your hips. So a lot of times with dumbbells, like because as you want to go heavier, the um, circular shape, if you have those, or if you have, you know, like the hexagon dumbbells, they tend to kind of hit your thighs a little bit. Whereas the, um, the kettlebell kind of the way it's shaped is a little bit easier for it to be off to the side and a lot of times too when i want to do farmer carries i'm not only thinking about you know forearm strength and wrist integrity i'm also thinking about rotator cuff activation so when i do carries when i coach it you know if i have two um, kettlebells by my side i don't have them tight here i'm actually pushing out about 20 degrees and adding about 20 to 30 degrees of like external rotation to get all my rotator cuff muscles um, activated so that's kind of like the simplest type of carry to kind of introduce it. And then the next one I like to do is a bottoms up version. So uh, I'm gonna grab my lightest kettlebell here. Um, and it's super dusty because I don't ever use it. Um, bottoms up. So when you look at the nature of the bottoms up, now I have all my weight up top and the least amount in a bell at the bottom with the handle. So now I have to stabilize this quite a bit and my wrist has to work super hard. The one thing though, to make this a little bit more specific to your wrist itself is your knuckle position. So anytime you go into a bottoms up position, so if I just started off the side and I swing it up and I'm like ready to do a carry, you'll notice that my knuckles are pointed 
out to the side. If I want to really focus on getting my wrist stabilizers going, I'm going to get those knuckles pointing towards the ceiling. But when I do that, I also got to make sure that this is in a neutral position. Now I can feel all of this stuff activate really quickly to get things moving a little bit more. So now you are required to do a lot more stability work. So that's also another way to kind of um, combat if you have say kettlebells that are only up to 12 kilos, for example, and you want to do bottoms up, but it feels too easy or whatever it is, or you want to do a farmer carry, but you don't have heavier bells, you just go bottoms up and strain out those wrists and all of this stuff is going to work double time. So that's kind of my, let's say, process to kind of regaining uh, range of motion, getting out of pain, and kind of building resilient wrists. Um, a lot of stuff too, what people don't think about is like if you're deadlifting heavy enough, you can add a tempo where, you know, say you come up into your deadlift, you're holding the barbell at the top for like five seconds and then coming down. Those forearms are going to burn. Your wrists have to stay in a strong position to uh, keep that up. Um, you can also do that with dumbbell rows. I like adding a pause at the top while you're holding for about two to three seconds. And again, all this stuff that's connected to the wrist, have to work double time for it. Um, that being said, there's a couple other things that you can do for um, wrist injuries specifically. Um, again, you need to go get assessed to figure out what the hell it is because there's so many different things that can happen to your wrist. But primarily a lot of times when it comes to just a flare up or whatever it is, things like cupping can work really well. Um, kinesio tape, rock tape, and so sure can work really well. Um, even um, flossing it, if you don't know what flossing is, look it up, um, can work really, really well. Um, and sometimes rest and heat, ice, things like that. But again, all those things are kind of determined on what your practitioner says on what they figured out was going on with your wrist in the first place. But overall, if you just move those wrists the way that they're designed, because a lot of times pain in joints are caused by inactivity. And usually this is where like exercise is the answer, like the amount of times that I see patients in the clinic that are inactive and this hurts and that hurts. And I'm like, hey, when was the last time you like were active, went to the gym and they're like 10 years ago and I'm like, if you were training, like all that stuff wouldn't be happening right now. Or if it did, it would be on such a smaller scale and you'd, you know, get through any kind of painful pattern a lot uh, quicker than, you know, you coming every single week. But um, at the end of the day, you know, movement is medicine. The more you can move, the better it is. Um, so I'm going to keep it nice and short today. And I know I didn't ramble in the beginning, which was good, um, but I feel like I'm probably going to ramble right now. And probably end this close to 30 minutes but um thank you guys for watching thank you for reaching out a lot of you have been listening to me and dming me that hey i can't do this in my deadlift this hurts or my hip does a weird thing or my hip is pinching and you know i am more than happy to give you advice um send you exercises actually the other day i was just chatting with somebody um that commented on one of my posts and like I sent her I think seven videos that she should be doing on a daily basis or incorporating into her workouts and it'd be kind of cool to see in about six weeks how the body feels after doing that. Um, 
more than happy to help in any kind of way. Um, so hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't. Um, I'm really close to 300 subscribers, which is super cool. And honestly, since starting this YouTube show, I guess, whatever this is, is super laid back, but um, I think I started with like just 100 subscribers and like in six months we're almost at 300 which is pretty cool um i'm uploading a lot more um exercise tutorials for my new book actually last night i think i uploaded at least seven or eight so check out those um that's your little preview to my new book because i have another like 100 exercises i need to film for my books are going to see a lot of those and it's super helpful because i send them to patients and clients and things like that on a weekly basis um, my new book should be out sometime this summer. I'm really, really hoping I'm at the editing process. I'm getting the artwork done. So if I can get my shit together, hopefully by summer I can release it. Um, and I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening and watching. You guys are amazing. Till next time.